Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 198 of our show. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the new Porzingis from, I don't even know. I, was, I had it and, I, and it went away. It went away. It totally went away. I had it and then it was gone. I All suck. Right. I suck at this. You would nah, think you after know. almost 200 shows that I, I would have gotten one right. It's all right. It's all right. I'm the 4K Przingis. Oh, I got shit. all the flops. I got all the flops, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like LeBron. I be flopping. I'm the 4K Przingis. I got it. Got you. I'm just saying. I mean, it's, it's it's one of them things, right? Where it's like now, now I feel like I can walk the streets as a proud Knicks fan. Oh, it's crazy. It's weird. It's crazy. Well, you know what though? This is this is early. Early Knicks season, just kind of bravado. Like they, they, I mean, this is what this is what the Knicks do. They they bring your dreams up, only so that they can crash and, and bring them down. Because <laughs> this season hangs solely on the legs of a seven foot three inch Latvian that weighs about a buck oh five. I he is dope. He's he's nasty. He's nasty. Yeah. And yeah. we're not we're gonna we're not gonna turn this into a basketball right. show. But he is the best thing that happened to New York since patties with cheese and pepperoni. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Yes, I remember. Yo, bring it back. You patties, bring it back. patties with cheese and with pepperoni. Cheese and pepperoni. Ooh, yeah. Boy, yeah. that is that is like the San Francisco yeah. treat, but not because it's from New York because it's in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh I my God. Word, word. I'm, I'm not trying to get anyone's hopes up. I'm just happy that they're doing well, and I feel like anytime I want to talk about them, I'm trying not to curse them. So, yes. Anyway, exactly. exactly. Anyway, uh, we are we are down to members of the team this week. Uh, it's it's that, it's old school. We're old school right now. It's, it's weird, right? Chicago. It's so yeah. weird. It's I have, we haven't <laughs> done a show by ourselves since like in a minute, yo. It's since like episode like ninety something. Right. It, it's been a minute. It's been so long. But shout out yeah. to Tanya and shout out to Reef. They are both traveling yes. and, and doing stuff. Um, yes. So they will not be with us this evening. But right. uh, we will have them back uh, later uh, next week when everybody is back in full force, in full effect, and all them good things. Um, so we have a pretty short show this week because there isn't a lot of stuff going on in the world of gaming. Uh, gaming seems to be kind of like already almost out the door in some weird ways. It feels like this week was pretty crazy uh, with the Xbox One X uh, being launched, which we'll talk about uh, towards the end of the show. But for the most part, weirdly, in a in a month that has been just rampant with games every which way that you can possibly think of, this week has been fairly, fairly quiet. Um, but I guess, I guess, you know, let's let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. How are you doing, C? Because it's been like, uh, it's, been a crazy, yeah, it's, been, it's been a pretty crazy week. Yeah, it, it has been a crazy week for me. In the last couple of weeks, I've been, I was sick as a dog. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm still dealing with a cough. So if you guys hear a cough during the show, please uh, accept my apologies. I'm drinking uh, bourbon to suppress that cough. Um, or at least that's the excuse that I'm going to use this week um, because I am Bricago's Baron of Bourbon, TM. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been sick as a dog. 
Um, uh, you know, I was well, I was sick as a dog a couple of weeks ago, and 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 it's still, I'm still kind of recuperating uh, from from the from the the sickness. So it's it's been a, it's been a little while, but uh, you know, I'm doing all right. I mean, the games everywhere. I I rarely have time to play them. Um, but I'm super excited for all the games that are out there. And, uh, you know, I mean, and uh, again, I've got an I've got a new console. Uh, you've got a new console and and uh, I'm excited to talk about it and explore it. So, yeah, we have a lot of how, you have a lot of cool stuff on that. end. Yep. How are you, man? It's been busy. Like work has been pretty uh, nuts um, trying to get things with Patreon stuff together. And a, lo- a little bit of uh, behind the scenes stuff is. We work really hard <laughs> to try yeah. to, to try to produce a, a, a quality show and, and make moves throughout the week and, you know, build up relationships and talk to people and support people and and all those things. And sometimes it's just busy. Um, so it, it was it was pretty, pretty nuts this week in terms of that stuff, um, trying to get everything together for Spawn on Me After Dark uh, and for the Chicago Beltway show. Uh, that we'll be doing actually later this month. Hopefully uh, we'll get that out uh, on the Patreon feed. And also uh, we're going to be recording after this show, our first uh, Spawn of Me After Dark, uh, which is going to be real dope. Uh, so if you haven't supported us on Patreon yet, there's a link right be- right beneath my face uh, that you right. can use to to do that. So you'll have access to that stuff. Um, but it's been, it's been, it's been pretty dope in, in other ways. Uh, and we'll talk about that stuff towards the end of the show. Um, but the first, uh, part of this episode, 198, um, and I can't believe I just said 198. That's madness. Yeah, that's, in that's itself. madness. 198. That's, that's madness. just unreasonable. I never, I never, I always thought that our show would get to a certain number. <laughs> I never knew right. it would get to that number. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, things are moving, uh, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. speaking of things that are moving quickly, uh, it feels like, and sounds like GameStop. Our lovely, wonderful folks over at GameStop have decided that they want to get into the game rental service. Have you? Did you hear about this? Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, you know, shout out to GameStop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something that you never hear, <laughs> right? <laughs> shout exactly. out to GameStop. Shout out to GameStop. Um, so yeah, so you know, GameStop's getting uh, into the rental service. They are uh, trying to stay relevant in the digital world. Um, with the power pass, that Mm. is what is called the power pass. And the way this is going to work is that for 60 bucks, you will be able to rent one used game, one pre-owned game from, uh, your local GameStop, uh, at a time. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done playing that game, you can return it. Um, and so you get that six, uh, six months for 60 bucks. And then at the end of that six months, you get to keep one of the games that you rented. So, yeah. So, I mean, so it's it's a weird thing. And and it's only open to people who have who are pro members who are not necessarily the elite pro that the paid service. But you have to at least have one of their membership cards. So either if you have the. The free membership card where you get fewer points, uh, that's okay. But if you wanna, if you wanna actually do this, you actually, um, you you can get uh, power the power up rewards card. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to get the pro version where you pay fifteen bucks a year 
right uh, for that. But six months, uh, sixty bucks. You rent a game. At the end of that six months, one of the games that you rented, you get to uh, you get to keep, um, which is cool, I guess. If you uh, rent newer games that are still fifty four ninety nine at the uh, you know when at the pre owned price, so basically it, within six months you can pay for your subscription uh, with essentially with one of the games that that you that you bring home. It's it's comparable value, right? Um, so what do you what do you think about about this deal? It feels like they're trying to eat Redbox's money because I feel like that's the place now where if you are renting games, you're renting them from. Sure. Like I don't like no one's going to Blockbuster because Blockbuster is out of business. Right. Right. Um, it's either that or Gamefly. Either that or Gamefly and Gamefly. It's I I would love to know what is the deal with Gamefly now because Gamefly used to be real hot and heavy, like. Yeah four or five years ago where they were running right. ads a bunch and they were doing a right. lot of work in the in the kind of promotional space right. um and they were putting out actually a lot of ad dollars with with shows and podcasts and all that stuff right. i don't hear anything about about gamefly anymore like well, i would i don't know if they're even like really doing all that kind of work at this point right well, I was on uh, DLC a couple of weeks ago. Shout out to Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer. Word, word. Um, and I believe they were running ads for Gamefly on okay. their show. Okay. So, you know, Gamefly is still spending money for ads. The thing that I think uh, really has eaten into the at least the mind share, and I don't know, you know, I can't speak to the market share on, on Gamefly or any or Redbox or any of those services is – the fact that this console generation, like you said, four or five years ago, they were really hot. Um, the difference between last generation and this generation was you didn't have to install games mm, yeah. when, when when you got them. So you could just rent a game right. and play the game. Um, and you know, I, I would think that it would it would more it would more easily negatively affect Redbox, where you're at, you know you're in a time crunch, than GameFly. But I think maybe it affects both of them because you still uh, today with a physical disc, you have to install that game on your hard drive before you even have the chance to play it. So you're talking a few hours potentially right. before, you know, after you bring the game home before you're even able to play that game. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how that's working or how well that's working or not working for any of them. Um, the thing that, uh, that's interesting for me about this GameStop thing is I don't know if they're I don't know if they're attempting to eat into those two revenue streams. You know, obviously, they're um, if you think about it, that's the first thing that you kind of think about, like, oh, OK, well, you know, they're trying to be Redbox they're trying to be Gamefly They're You know, they're trying to do those things. Right. I think that well, I think that what they're falling victim to is the same thing that all retailers are falling victim to is is the new digital future. Um, and you know, it's, it's different for GameStop than it has been for other retailers. You know, Amazon has decimated your normal retailer. Um, and you know, and, and for those, for those brick and mortars that are still around, Walmart is decimating those, um, GameStop is unique in those, in those cases, because even when Amazon was around and Amazon was doing well, uh, people will, in last generation, people were still going to GameStop to buy their games. Um, they would get recommendations. Um, it was kind of a place to hang out. You mm -hmm. could, you know, get get your used games. You could do all of that stuff. 
Um, but you know, a, a, an interesting thing that happened, uh, you know, almost four years ago to the date when the PS4 launched, and then a week later, uh, the Xbox One launched, was that people truly embrace the all digital future. Right. And it has really, really, really hurt GameStop. Um, they didn't believe that it was going to, but it has. It has uh, dramatically. It's interesting because I don't I don't even go into GameStop anymore unless it's literally to trade something in for something else. It's like anything right. that I feel like I have any value for uh, because I buy most of my stuff digitally at this point. Right. Right. That I don't I don't even see the and it's interesting now to even hear the concept of like, all right, so I'm going to go into this GameStop and it feels like there's a stigma now of like GameStop of like, eh, I don't go to the GameStop because the GameStop is kind of gross or like, right. you know what right. I mean? Like, I don't want to go to the spot to have to go rent a game to have someone talk to me about buying the thing that I probably just rented right. or try to upsell me for all this other right. stuff that I'm already there right. when I'm just like, I want to get in, get out. Right. And like, I don't know. Right. It's like I guess it's like dudes trying to go to the lingerie store with their, with, their, with their lady. Right. They're like, yo, right. if I can yeah. get in and get out, I would try mm-hmm. to get in and get out real fast. Uh, yeah. and, and have that weird thing of like I don't want any dudes seeing me. That whole like right. weird toxic thing where people are like I don't right. want you seeing me buying draws, buying yeah, my, right. buying, buying sexy draws with my lady. It's weird. Like that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, that'll be that'll probably be on a whole other. <laughs> spawning me after dark at some point yeah. <laughs> people were like yo i don't know what you're doing um yeah it's it's yeah i mean i think i think though like i you know i so i happen to be at gamestop i bought my uh xbox one infinite uh at at gamestop and there was a midnight launch or an 11 o'clock launch uh for for and, and you know i mean that's a, that's another thing so instead of the midnight launch for the console the launch was at 11 o'clock central Interesting. To match to and and in the Pacific and in you know on on the left coast where you are, mm. that same launch was at nine o'clock. Hell yeah, yeah. It was at nine PST because the, there was one launch as a result of the digital future. Mm. Instead of instead of everyone waiting to midnight in their respective time zone, everyone gets theirs at midnight Eastern. Yeah, it's perfect. Just. Just like the games, just like, just like the digital games, because if I get a digital game, that game unlocks at midnight Eastern. And that's, you know, and that is a sign of, of the retail times for GameStop. They used to dictate, they used to dictate how things ran. Yeah. And, and now they do not at all. And, and, you know, and not even really Amazon does. Mm. It's, it's the, it's the console manufacturers. This is the, you know, the game, the game manufacturers now, they kind of run, they kind of dictate how things go because they don't need these guys as distributors anymore. Yep. It, it is, you know, it is a very, very different future. And, and, and this is GameStop's way of attempting to stay relevant in this very, very new future. Um, and, and, you know, I, time will tell, I think it's of the, of the things that GameStop has tried to do in the past. I think this is the one thing that they're doing that is the most kind of consumer forward focusing thing that they can produce. I just wonder if it will be enough to keep them relevant. I knew that they were going downhill when they started selling phones. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, yo, if I can come in here and get Battle Arena Toshiden 
and a and a pencil <laughs> on the, right. at the same spot. At, at the I know same things time. are wrong. With a with a Funko Pop, <laughs> with a, yeah, with a Funko Pop doll. Funko Pop, right, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 not bad. But I don't know. I want to I want to figure out if this is gonna. You're right though, because it's not gonna push any needles for any of the other companies to do anything drastic. Because no. uh, I think the next thing that we all want as as gamers is to be able to sell back our digital, digital. games. Right through our consoles, which there's some rumblings about that stuff happening sure. on the PSN. And I think, no, actually I think it was mostly on, on Xbox on, Live. Xbox, yeah, Xbox. I've um, been talking about it for a while, yeah. But that's gonna be a thing. I, I, I hope that that is going to be the actual thing that comes about that we can start talking about as a real deal, real deal thing. Cause GameStop, yeah. I, I, I can probably say I've been at a GameStop like two years ago. Like it's been that long, yeah, yeah. Because I've had no reason yeah. to go back, right? And it used to be in last console generation, it was you know at least a a weekly or or at least a biweekly pilgrimage to go see the next game, to reserve whatever it was, to get whatever goofy accessory you needed. But now, there's I mean there's no need, reason. Well, at least I'm assuming that's what it was for you. Yeah. You know, don't you know? Don't allow me to put words in your mouth. I would actually really like. I'd really want to hear that from the audience too. If like, if you're still going to GameStop, please tweet at us because I'd love to know like what are the things that are still keeping you going there as opposed to going digital. And it's interesting to, to talk about going digital in a real way with games because we'll definitely have some stuff to talk about that. And towards the end of the show, when we talk about our Xbox one, uh, infinite, uh, experiences, right. Um, <laughs> cause man, there's a lot, there's a lot of conversations that, that have to a go lot of deal with yeah. the digital, uh, age and digital distribution of games now currently. Right. Um, so peace out to GameStop, GameStop doing their thing yeah. as usual. Uh, it's, it's, gonna be real i don't know what's gonna bring them down like i don't know what's gonna be the thing that like just kills that whole thing off but i think that that would be a really um interesting and weird and kind of bad thing because that's where a lot of people get their kind of initial uh jumps into the gaming industry uh and and, in a lot of ways on retail side and on you know some other sides as well so all right gamestop is out of here for now but well i mean i don't know do you so you think that this is the this these are the like the death throes of GameStop with this kind of stuff, or do you think that this is this is just them trying to reinvent themselves and stay relevant in in the times? It well, here's like I can only use my my current surroundings as like a version of being able to, to tell. Back when I was in New York, you know, like five years ago, GameStops were still around all the all the places. You know, like you could go to. You could go to a GameStop and find one not too difficultly. You know, like it wasn't too difficult sure. to find one. Sure. Not, like here in Portland, there was one in a mall that was close to my job that got closed down and shut down. Right. Um, all the other ones don't stay open that late and they're mm-hmm. really sparse and they're spread out. Um, and there aren't any other like uh, there are mom and pop stores out here that, that take the place of that, but not many. Right. So it's like in the grand scheme, like I can only believe that there are going to be issues with the way that that is going to go forward. Um, and I feel like this is kind of a desperate measure. Like this is one of those desperate moves to try to keep relevant and to stay together. 
uh, because they're not going to really be doing the same kind of purchases or sales that they had before where they used to sell a lot of the kind of cheap stuff like Mad Cat stuff and, you know, right. keep some of those things together. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, right. I, I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping uh, once well, as once Andrew, Andrew, Renee, Andrew and they stop doing stuff with them, I was like, oh, man, that's going to be a that's, that's business. <laughs> like once once you lose yeah. a person like that, for whatever reason, that might have been like they just stopped working right. together, whatever. Uh, but. Uh, when I see you start losing like big name people in the industry to doing like your work, right? Then, then I find like that's a thing. Um, one of the companies that is still doing big things and has always been doing big things has been EA. Yeah. Um, EA has been reported to and has I think finalized the purchase finalized. of Respawn for four hundred and fifty five million dollars. Right. Let's say that again for the people in the back. Four hundred and fifty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. The folks who brought you Titanfall are now back. It's weird because it feels like they never left in some sure. weird ways. Like Respawn always still felt like it was a part of EA. Yeah. Uh, but they bought them for over four hundred million for four hundred fifty-five. So that's a huge deal. I think that that's a big deal for EA to get them back in house and kind of back under the fold a little bit, right. you know, right. after, after debuting on, was it, was it PS3? No. Xbox uh, was it, was it, this, no, was it, this uh, it was the Xbox one. Was it the, it was the Xbox one? one? Titanfall was an Xbox one exclusive. Oh, right. The first, Man. wow. The first big, it was the first big release outside of launch for, uh, for, uh, either console. And it was the first big get for uh, for Microsoft was was Titanfall. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, that was one of the first topics that we talked about on this very show. Yeah, that is was, true. Was was the Titanfall was the Titanfall beta? That is true. I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of rumblings in our chat about how <laughs> EA likes to shut down studios, which is true. Visceral did get shut down recently. Yeah. Um, there was another one that got shut down. I can't remember exactly who, um, but it's been, I like, it's interesting because it's like visceral had some games that were in their wheelhouse that I think people wanted them to bring back out (laughs) dead space. Um, I think everybody wanted a new dead space game on new on on current gen hardware and kind of get all that stuff together and, and have it like super, super pretty. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I don't know what else they're going to do. Like they didn't have a great ride with, uh, Andromeda. Andromeda was, was, was probably one of the worst games of the year. Um, and the stuff that they do well, Dragon Age, uh, what's the game that's coming out? Um, Anthem. Anthem is, Anthem looks crazy dope. Right. Um, that's all, that's all Bioware stuff though, right? Is 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 that Bioware again? I forget. Yeah, Anthem is Bioware. I thought. Is Bioware? I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like I feel like they still have a fairly good uh, uh, portfolio of games that are coming into this, and Titanfall being a being one of those, especially after having a really good game last time. Well, uh, it, it, so it had a really good game the first time. I, I think on on in both instances, mm-hmm. it didn't light the world on fire. Um, you know, this is so, uh, Titanfall launched on two platforms, PC and, and, uh, Xbox one, uh, and Titanfall two launched on, uh, three platforms, mm-hmm. but it launched around a bunch of other titles right. that, 
that had because uh, it it launched. What was that last? Was that last November or two Novembers ago? Um, but I, I just don't think that it uh, it it's it set the it set the world on fire. Um, so I wonder what. Uh, yeah, it, it launched last October, um, right around uh, right in between Call of Duty and Battlefield One. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Battlefield One I think launched the week before it. Then then it was then it was Titanfall Two. And then it was Call of Duty: Infinite Warfare. Right. So all three of those shooters uh, launched right right around the same time. Plus, you had uh, Mafia Three taking up a lot of space, and it just never really found. I mean, it you know it found its it found an audience, right. but it didn't find an audience that would lead me to believe that the that Visceral as an organization was worth almost half a million dollars. Um, to EA, except if you believe what I'm thinking, which is that the game that Visceral was supposed to make, the Star Wars game that Visceral was supposed to make, right. is now going to be a game that Respawn makes. I mean, they said that they weren't officially canceling it. Right. Um, so that is... Uh, Something that I'm hoping is still going to come out. Uh, the problem is, I don't know, again, like, if, well, okay, let's go back to Visceral for a hot second. So, like, sure, if they, if they would have said that Dead Space 3 or 4 was going to come out and we were going to make it bloody and gory and do all the stuff that you know dismemberment and blah 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 with new gear new tech and all the stuff i think that that would have saved their asses because i mm-hmm. think of all the games that people think of when they think of visceral they don't think of the the uh what was the dante's inferno they don't right. think about that right. game right and that game was hot that game was dope. it was that was it a was. dope game they think of dead space mm-hmm. and dead space would have saved that company from having to go to go under because I think that there is such a big audience for that game that it would have would have held them down. Now mm-hmm. EA pulling in Visceral, I mean E pulling in um, Respawn, it's already a company that has cachet. They already made a really good game. They have an audience. I think the interesting part about what you said earlier was like the spacing of the games. There was a glut of games throughout this whole 2017. Sure. And everybody, everybody got put into that weird space of being like, did you did you launch on the right day? Right. Did you launch in the right part of the year? And right. there are very few games that got out of that safely. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Unless you were a juggernaut game, there were very few games that got out yeah. of that uh, unscathed and didn't didn't get hurt by that stuff. So it's like right. that being said, they I feel like of the games got that, that were in that group was the better game out of all three of those. Out of the, Who out are you of, talking about? Titanfall Titan, 2? Titanfall 2. So from last year, not this year. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. year, the same thing happened. But last year, it happened in in sections. Yes, right. So, right, so, right, right. so late October or early November was just awful for games. It was just horrendous because you had, uh, you had uh, Titanfall 2, you had Battlefield 1, you had Mafia 3, you had Call of Duty, you had Dishonored, um, you had Watch Dogs 2, 
you know, all of those games came out within four weeks. So, um, you know, I mean, you're looking at those games and while of the shooters, if you want to say that Titanfall 2 was was the most unique of those shooters and and had the best quality, I, I wouldn't disagree with you, but it had the lowest cachet because you had an entire platform, the uh, the lead home console platform of players that potentially had never even played it. If they didn't own an Xbox or a PC, the you know, in 2013 or 2014 when the game got relevant again, then they had never played Titanfall, mm-hmm. but they had definitely played Battlefield and you damn sure know they played Call of Duty. So uh, you know, if you were if you were not going to buy one of those three games, the the one the odd man out was always going to be Titanfall two, and I think that was something that they experienced uh, in in game sales or at least in mindshare. Um, I, 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 but I, I mean, I think the game is great, and and um, you know, for Xbox players, it's, it's receiving a little bit of a resurgence again um, as a result of. Uh, as a result of the Xbox One X, and again, we'll talk about that later. But but, um, it, you know, it's 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 always great to be a critical darling. It's always great to be the game that 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 people love in their hearts. Right. But that don't mean shit if ain't <laughs> nobody going out and buying it. Well, here's a question though. Here's a question for you. Um, so will EA eat their eat their words? If Battlefront 2 doesn't do well and they shut down the potential game that might have done really well, that had a lot of hype because it was being written by Amy Hennig and because it was going to be more narrative driven. Do you think that they are going to they they might have shot themselves in the foot by just having now this one game that's here? Because like they got, you know, uh, they got bought out. Oh, they shut down. They shut down the studio that was doing the other Star Wars game, right? And now either they're gonna put other new people on it, or it's just gonna they're just already gonna have the one game that they had, which people are kind of digging. But I don't know if it's gonna necessarily do the same kind of numbers that the other one did. Uh, so uh, I got news for you. I played um, quickly while I was downloading it. I was able to play the the. Um, the Star Wars Battlefront 2 arcade mode. Yep. Um, and I only played one. I played one game right before I went to sleep at like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey, everybody. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and the funny thing was that I watched a video earlier in the day of Yoda jumping around and, and killing uh, battle droids and fighting like Kylo Ren and stuff like that. And right. I was like, eh, this doesn't really seem all that hot to me. Right. Um, and then I played it and I didn't really I wasn't really feeling it all that tough. But here's the thing. Star Wars prints money. Star Wars prints money. Right. It will sell. It will sell. It won't sell Call of Duty half a million in three days. Mm. But but it will sell. Plus, it will sell well this week. Or, or as the show airs, uh, it will sell well on that Tuesday, it, and it will sell well again for Christmas because th- there's a new movie. The Last Jedi is coming out. 
that you know is right in right in line with the movie. There will be a Battlefront, you know, Battlefront Two will 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 perform well commercially, and there will be a Battlefront Three. That you know oh, because man. because again that if if they follow the same pattern, that third game will come out with the third movie in this in this trilogy. So it and will you know and we will you know God willing spawn on me will be here two years from now having the same conversation about uh you know about Battlefront three and whether or not you know they're going to the well what more can they add or bring to the table for Battlefront three but it damn sure is coming it damn sure is coming yeah. and this game will sell I I, feel, I yeah I haven't had any time with it yet besides the beta that I played. Um, and I feel like it, the thing that pisses me off actually about battlefield, it's a, it's a, it's a not good version of battlefield. Right. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Cause that game is not that good. Like the first one was not that good. The second one. And I, and, and I know people in the chat, <laughs> Paris are going to be <laughs> mad at me for saying this thing, but I wondered again, and I say this all the time. I just don't think that the star Wars brand <laughs> lends itself well to this game it just doesn't uh, yeah i disagree with it you just on that. doesn't it just, I just doesn't I, yeah i fundamentally disagree with you on that and and that's because you hate you hate things that are good you hate you hate joy um and you know and you still do that and that's fine um i fundamentally disagree with you on that i think we're in the weeds on this on on the star wars uh battlefront stuff um i want to bring it back to uh, respawn sure and I want to say that I think that what we're going to get is we're going to get a Titanfall three. Um, I I'm assuming that Titanfall three will be out. Uh, hashtag stubnostication be out this November uh, or a year from now, 2018. Uh, and then the next title that that respawn is working on is going to be the reworked. Star Wars title that will either release in that 2020 window of or 2019 window that uh, where where Battlefront three will be right or it will be in the 2020 window after that. So, I mean, we're you know, we're still talking a, a little while's out a little ways out. Um, but but they're not going to give up on that Star Wars license that let the license pay uh, prints money and this purchase of respawn it definitely single uh, signaling that they're reworking what this Star Wars game is going to be right. and maybe maybe it just popped into my head we're gonna get a hero type shooter in the Star Wars universe wait you mean like Overwatch. Like Overwatch. That oh is correct. Oh my god, that's the that worst idea that on correct, the sir. planet. That is the correct stuff. Yep. There, there we go. <laughs> a, a a hero type shooter in the vein of Overwatch <sighs> for for Star Wars. Uh so they can sell things. I mean, because it's all about microtransactions. <sighs> you can sell loot boxes. There you go. Done. They should just sell that as like Star Wars Done. gout. That shit is terrible. Star Wars Ricketts. That's bad. Don't right. do that. <laughs> Nobody wants it. Nobody wants that thing. It's a thing that people don't want that people think they want because they just want the thing because it has Star Wars name on it. Hey, Nobody that, wants it. That's all you need sometimes. 
That's the, but that's the problem. That's where we that's where we find ourselves here now because we have too many things that people don't care about. They just put names on stuff without forethought and without thinking about why why you care about that franchise as opposed to just caring about the franchise. Anyway, yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with, with, with Titanfall three though because I think that's going to be um really interesting to see when that winds up popping up into the space. Um, right. And I. I, I I don't know like who's who's gonna be the person who is going to uh, or what what is the thing that's gonna bring that team together so that they don't get the axe down the line like how 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 crazy do they have to like what kind of numbers do they have to do now because that's the thing is like the numbers that these other games did they weren't phenomenal they weren't they weren't mega numbers but they were pretty decent numbers I don't think I don't think that. Titanfall two sold a half a million, a half a billion dollars. Titanfall two had to have sold a, a fairly good amount, didn't it? I nah. swore that that game sold a decent amount. But but here's the weird thing: is like we don't know what the we don't know what the standards are anymore because that has changed right. a lot. Yeah, like that's a huge thing too. Is like the st- right. the goalposts have moved very very uh, differently in this cycle than they have in the in the past couple ones. Um, so I don't know what that's going to look like and what those numbers actually uh hit um hey, so according according to EA Titanfall 2 underperformed they have not put the numbers out um for for what the what the sales what underperforming meant okay. for them but i don't think well let's let's look at let's look at it this way um half a billion dollars is is an incredible amount of money um call of duty uh world war 2 sold that in a few days but it's Call of Duty. Um, you know, there are very few games that do the type of numbers that Call of Duty does uh, at all, let alone in the first few days. Um, and so, you know, so we're we're uh, we're talking we're talking rarefied air. We're talking Destiny Two. We're talking uh, GTA Five. Mm. Um, you know, the Grand Theft Auto series. Titanfall Two is is none of those. And maybe you know, Battlefield will do half a billion. Over its lifetime, you know the battle battlefield franchise. When you know when a single game comes out, but uh, Titanfall Two has not reached those levels. But EA didn't buy this buy this company for half a billion dollars, only to shutter it um, after a couple of years. I wonder. They I wonder w- what the new thing is there that they're going to actually do though. Like, it's going to be a Star Wars game. Really, it's going to be a fucking you, Star Wars. Uh, it's absolutely, it is absolute guarantee. That seems like going such to be a, a Star Wars waste. Such you a would waste. not spend. You would not, because I mean, they were they were essentially working with them. Exclu- uh, 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 Respawn was working with them so exclusively that I I had already assumed that that EA had bought Respawn when they, when Respawn was formed. Mm. You know that I didn't realize that they were a second party, so they were working with them exclusively. You would not bring them in house and hold and lock lock onto them mm-hmm. in this way. If you did not have a franchise in mind, you didn't lie, you didn't pay a half a billion dollars for them for them so that they could so that you could own uh, the company that makes Titanfall three. No, I mean, that's crazy. They bought them so that they could give them the assets that they have for the Star Wars license and tell them to go out and make us the Star Wars game that will make us the most that where we can sell not only the game actions and microtransactions and loot boxes that we possibly can, period. 
It's I, all Star Wars. I beg, all you, Star Wars. I beg you, EA, with every fiber of my being, I'm looking straight into the camera right now. I'm looking at you directly into your EA eyes. Please don't put these people on a Star Wars game. Put them on Battlefield where it's going to make you money. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or put them on something else, please, for the love of God. Don't do any more Star Wars games. Anyway. All right. Now that all that is out of my system, whoo, shout out to the nature boy. Uh, I'm right. going <laughs> to, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back for episode 198. Uh, we'll be right back after this. I'm Tom Lockney. And I'm Liam Sr. I really like video games and internet culture. And I like movies and TV. And every week we research a true story from our preferred mediums and tell it to the other person. It's super fun and it's great. And even when it gets a little intense, we find the laughs in it, damn it. Lots of learning, lots of laughter, sometimes bummers, but lots of friendship. Media Majors, every Monday on the Major Cast Network. What's good, Internet? This is Austin Walker, a.k.a. Professor Killer, a.k.a. David Foster Flawless, a.k.a. Bars Von Trier. You already know what it is. And since you do, you should also already know that Spawn On Me keeps it real when it comes to games, culture, and holding it down even when the world is on fire. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. What up, everybody? We are back from our break. Shout out to everyone in the chat on Twitch, everyone listening to us in podcast land. This is episode 198 of the Spawn On Me podcast. We had a fiery debate about the love and not love of Star Wars. Right. And uh, we had a couple of other things that we wanted to talk about uh, before we end out and round out the rest of this show. Uh, one of the cool things uh, that I got a chance to mess around with uh, over the past week was uh, the new expansion, the new DLC package from uh horizon uh, zero dawn which is called the frozen wilds and if you haven't had a chance to check it out if you haven't played the main game you must play the main game i think it's one of the it's like definitely in you know discussion for game of the year i think it's something that uh you should be paying attention to in terms of um just you know if you have a ps4 pro it looks even more amazing than most people would uh, be able to kind of imagine a game looking. Um, and it definitely is worth your time uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, so the wonderful folks over at Sony sent me a copy early uh, to, to get a chance to check out. And you you kind of dig back into the world. And I like the way they did it, where they didn't kind of separate it um, from the main game, where usually when you have DLC, they kind of throw you into this new part of the land or they kind of separate it or segment it off and then have you kind of just run out and, and, and do your missions and do your quests and do things like that. But the way that they did it with this part is there's a part in the kind of northeast section of the map that you couldn't get to before. And you go and you uh, speak to a person about a, a quest and you go get that quest and that starts you off into the DLC, which is pretty dope. It's pretty cool. Uh, one of the things I actually really, really like about the game um, is just how uh, if you've played any of Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, what they've done is they kind of segmented out uh, parts of the land that have different weather or at least they feel different uh, in terms of the surroundings and the terrain. So it's like there's a desert section there's a part that's kind of like more forest like and there's a part that um, is uh, more. Uh, kind of, what's the best way to put it? It's like, it feels like you're in 
the Midwest of America, it feels like. Because you are traveling across. <laughs> you are traveling across what is basically old Earth uh, in, in part of the game. Um, but this part takes a, 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 across a, a large kind of like snow laden uh, a world where you're talking to these other folks that are trying to give you some ideas about because I'm trying not to spoil things for you all um, that are trying to give you some ideas about why you're uh, in this space, why you're trying to uh, become a part of uh, a tribe, so to speak, um, and also how to kind of convince other people to, to, to kind of join your party and to join your uh, your your fight for uh, more information about the world around you. Um, did you get a chance to, to, to hear anything about, uh, horizon? Well, did, did you ever get a chance to play horizon at all? I did not play horizon. And, and this is why, um, because my PS4 is still in my bedroom for like the next couple of days. One, my PS4 is not a PS4 pro Two, my PS4 is not a PS4 pro Two. My PS4 is not a PS4 Pro, mm. so um, yeah. I, but I did, I did hear a lot about it. Um, I did see a lot of things about it. Um, there's, there's something about these uh, first slash second parties slash first party developers uh, for Sony when they when they go out to make either RPGs or adventure games um, for the console. I mean, just there's there's nothing that looks better. The only thing that I could say that rivals that that rivals the the graphical fidelity um, and just the 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 just beautifulness, mm. uh, the most beautifulest thing in this world are um, console games on the PS4. The only game that I think comes close to those are the Rise of the Tomb Raider games. Right. Um, for 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 the Xbox, um, though, you know, those games look look amazing, uh, criminally underrated games. Uh, so, you know, go out and, and play those. So the thing that I did hear about uh, this new DLC is that it it takes place in the story. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually go and access it during the story missions. But uh you don't have to like you if you have finished the game because you know obviously the game came out um, ten months ago. Uh, you can you can finish the game and still go back to this stuff and and have plenty of things to do. Right. Um, but if you're uh, late to the party, like I will be, uh, because I will play this game eventually. Um, that having this DLC as part of your story going forward is is also really cool. Yeah, it feels like the the I like the way that they kind of incorporated the DLC back into facets of the main story, which sure. was really cool. Um, it feel it felt like they had, and it's interesting because you know a lot of people they talk about when they make DLC, they're like, "Yo, why didn't you just put that in the main game?" And that would have been what you're supposed to do in the first place. Why are you trying to make me pay for new stuff uh, when I don't have to do that? Um, and it felt like this was a section of the game uh, that did feel like it was made side by side with the rest of the main story. Like, yes, you can definitely go in and out of it in, in cool ways. Like you can basically travel through the main story arcs um, and parts of the old quote unquote old game um, and then dip in and out of both parts. So you can basically be playing right. the DLC parts 
and some of the other parts as well uh, once you have it loaded up, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I have uh, beef with is that the game itself didn't feel that different. The DLC didn't do a lot of things specifically that made me feel that I was doing anything you know, gameplay-wise or mechanics-wise that was that different. Like, you'll get some new weapons. You'll get... Um, you'll fight some new uh, enemies. That's... The, the enemies that they've put into the game is, again, the strong point of Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, right. it takes a lot to get these animals down, and it feels like it's um, an accomplishment when you do. Um, but it didn't feel like I had enough cool new stuff to care I heard about. It was- Mm-hmm. I heard it was harder. They they did some stuff with the game that um, ramped up the difficulty if you got past a certain level in the main game. So, like, if you had gotten past, like, level 20, um, the difficulty in the DLC is harder anyway. But right. it, it, it ramped up even more if you were at that at that level, which was cool uh, because it did add some some really hard fights in there and some stuff that I was like, Oh man, this is gonna take me a while. My hands are sweating a little bit, and I was getting to that point where I was like, "Oh, I don't want to have to do this part again" because I was like almost beat it and like died and then did all this other stuff. Right. Um, if you played the if you played the main part of the game, there is a special um, outfit uh, that made that DLC way easier to accomplish than if I had not had it. So that's a thing to be thinking about if you're going to be playing it. Um, but I feel like overall. Um, you know, a lot of folks were talking about the kind of um, white savior, white savior uh, discussion about this game, which is something that sure. we heard uh, when the when the main game came out, and, and there is definitely um, a layer of that in here, and it feels even more prominent in the DLC in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and it's it, the thing that the thing that kind of like bugs me out about it is. And again, this is not to say that you shouldn't play it because I think that it is a um, a visual masterpiece. Um, and I think that the game still holds up and is still really fun. Uh, but I do feel like, you know, the main character of Alloy always kind of came off as this person who, you know, was begrudgingly helping everyone around her, even though she was the person who needed the most help. So it it is like you're the one who has to go do all this stuff to make the game work. But we're the ones who are like the people that you kind of don't care about. And it feels a little bit like that in the in the uh, in the DLC, which which did throw me off and did make me rethink and and reevaluate the conversations that were (laughs) happening about white saviorism and um, the, the connections to to the native uh, 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 garb and a native culture that they that they definitely uh, you can see uh, picked from. Um, so some of those things were always in the back of my head while I was playing it. And there's things that if you're paying attention to it, and if you have been paying attention to it, then you can't not you know disconnect those two things uh, 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 from each other. So um, definitely check it out if you're a fan of that game. Um, I think it's worth it. Uh, even if you just go to it to see all the really cool snow <laughs> effects sure. that they put into the game, sure. uh, which feels great. Like you, you when you're, tra- you know, trampling through the snow, like you feel like the weight of that snow is on your clothing. 
it's it's a lot of fun stuff uh, that's in there. And again, shout out to the folks over at Sony and PlayStation for shooting that copy over uh, to us. Um, and uh, check it out. Definitely check it out. It's cheap. How, yeah, I was about to say, how much is the DLC? I think it was like probably 20 bucks. I think it's even maybe much? a little bit less. So okay. and, it, and it was about nineteen ninety nine. And it was about maybe seven to eight hours of stuff, which is not that long, but it's also probably just about the amount of stuff that you need for for an expansion like that. So, word, check it out, right. see All if you right. like it. Okay. Word. Um. Yeah. And before we dig into the last part of the show. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to, to, to Tanya real quick. She's like, I'm from Chicago. Snow is not a novelty. Ha ha ha. Whatever. Fine. Don't be hating on snow in video games in that game. Tanya. Uh, 1999, $14.99 for PlayStation Plus members. Yeah. If you don't have PlayStation Plus right now, you should be you should be like on that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look, if you've got a if you've got a PlayStation, you don't have PlayStation Plus and you've got an Xbox and you don't have Xbox Live. You're, you're honestly you're kind of doing things wrong. Yeah. Agreed. Game Pass also. Game Pass is kind of dope. Game Pass is is very dope. It's yeah. very. We have very to talk dope. about that on a, on another. Oh, you know, we should talk about that in it's the next okay. section. Yeah, absolutely. About the absolutely. Xbox One X or the yeah. Xbox One Infinite, as we call it yeah. here in Chicago. Um, so I will actually I want, I want you to go first because you've actually had a lot to actually play with. I have not had a chance to actually play with it yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I saw yeah, your mouth. So, your mouth was like poised to say something, and then didn't. Right. Do uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What? You know, my mouth you know, it just hangs out there. Hello. <laughs> um, so, um, it, it's so I, I I've had a 4K TV for a while. I've had an Xbox One S. Um, you know, obviously, I am the Microsoft fan. Um, you know, not necessarily the fan boy, but uh, and fan man, maybe fan old man um but you know i had uh xbox one day one day one edition uh bought a the two terabyte version of the xbox one s at launch and i've got an xbox one x uh project scorpio edition so microsoft in three years has gotten or uh i guess four years it's gotten fourteen hundred dollars out of me just for consoles yeah i mean you know i mean you add the you add the money up that's what it equals out to um, so that's ridiculous. Um, but, but, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, I've, I've got to make an admission here. I was dubious about 4k. Um, you know, like I said, I've had a, a one S for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been able to watch some 4k movies. Uh, I've been able to watch some 4k video, uh, you know, 4k game streams, and uh, 4K videos via Netflix, YouTube, and Amazon, and and all that other stuff, and it all looked good. Mm-hmm. It looked good. Um, and but it was you know a, a lot of that a lot of that media a lot of that content that I consumed I was consuming for the first time. Mm-hmm. So you you know when you're consuming something for the first time, it looks how it looks, and so you you know you can't say necessarily uh that it looks markedly better than it would have looked on a lower you know at a lower resolution because you know we're not talking standard def to high definition right you know we're talking high definition to higher definition um so it just looks good like you got a new tv the tv looks good you you know you got 
uh, content on the TV that's supposed to, you know, pump out at a certain level. It, it just looks good. Um, so I wasn't a full believer of what uh, the the graphic fidelity that 4K was going to bring to the games that I played. Um, and then I got my Xbox One X and, I, you know, I was able to transfer a bunch of games over and I was able to play some games. And the first game that I played was Halo 5 Guardians. Mm-hmm. And, and I played the multiplayer, not the single player, which I think was a mistake. Um, it was a mistake, one, because I suck. Um, <laughs> but, but, but also it didn't, it didn't give me the luxury of just kind of sitting around and absorbing the backgrounds and the sceneries and the things because I was too busy playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, you know, Halo five guardians plays at 60 frames a second anyway. And so when I turned it on and I started playing and I hadn't played in like a year, you know, roughly. Um, so, I was kind of like playing it again for the very first time and it it looked amazing. It looked beautiful. But for me, it was like, do I remember it looking beautiful before? I thought it looked beautiful then. (laughs) Right. You know, it does it look any better than it. You know, it looked it looked phenomenal. But does it did it look any better today than it did when I first bought the game or I first was playing multiplayer? back, you know, or, or the last time I played multiplayer, I, I, almost a year ago. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. Um, and, and, you know, and like I said, part of, part of that was the fact that I was running around fighting things or f- trying to figure out how to shoot and what the, you know, how do I crouch again? And, you know, and all, right, all the right. other, you know, all the other things. But then I put in a game that I play every day, Madden NFL 18. Um, and holy fucking shit, that made me a believer. Hmm. Um, I, you know, so I, you know, I play, I play Madden every day. I'm in a, in a, uh, connected franchise that I play with my friends. Um, so, you know, we're in there every day playing the games, doing that stuff. And I had just played it the previous day. So I, in fact, I may have even played it that day, um, you know, Monday night. Um, so I was like, okay. And then, so I loaded up the game. The menus looked the same. Everything looked the same. And then, the when I tell you, the second the game loaded and it was going over, it did the like the stadium flyby. Yeah, yeah. And and the the smoothness of the resolution was there. I was I was blown, literally blown away, or figuratively blown away. Um, and and then I actually got to see the game, the, the graphic fidelity, the frame rate smoothness, the HDR. Now, I had been playing the game in HDR since I got the game. Mm-hmm. But playing it in HDR in 4K was amazing. There, were, there was a moment when the sun poked through the, through the stadium, through the crowd in the stadium, and it was shining in my face, and I wanted to squint. Because mm-hmm. it was just that bright, it was it was so amazing that it made me feel good. Like you always want those things to happen that validate the money that you spent. Now you know five hundred dollars is a lot of money. You know it's it's not going to you know I'm not going to not eat because I bought this console, um, but it's still as you know it's it's still a non insignificant amount of money that I spent on this on this console. 
Um, and that immediately, one game of Madden validated validated this purchase. Um, it was amazing. And then I was able to capture um, gameplay footage in 4K to share it with my friends, to show them the difference between a game I had played just a couple of days before mm -hmm. uh, and some footage that I had captured in-game versus this footage that I had captured again, right now 4K at, you know, whatever, 60 frames per second, whatever it may have been. And and you could you can see the difference because the Xbox One X allows you to capture 4K video um, and send that that video to to uh, to other people. It was it was literally like night and day. It was it was amazing. Did you get a chance um, it, to play any other other stuff that <laughs> kind of gave, gave you at least some of that feeling, too? Or was it mostly just Madden for now? No, yeah. So, so right now, I've so the games that I've played. Um, let's see. The only, actually, to be honest, the only four K games that I've played so far have been Halo, and uh, and Madden. I did play a little bit of Destiny, um, but I haven't had a chance this week. This week has been incredibly busy. I haven't really had a chance to to run through my library. And find the enhanced games. Now it's easy with the uh, with the uh, my games and apps. You can actually filter for games that are enhanced, that are 4K enhanced. Mm -hmm. um, so I can go ahead and do that. I just haven't had a chance to do it. I'll, I'll be able to experience more of that this week. Um, but it was, you know, most of this week so far has been uh, transferring data, um, transferring, tra <laughs> yeah. you know, transferring game saves. You know, the the things you do when you buy a new console, uh, transferring data. Um, up, you know, updating my games and apps, logging into all of the different services that I had before um, on on uh, on my previous Xbox, and just kind of getting everything back to normal. Uh, so I'm still working through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I um, am starting to get some of those things into the mix now too. Um, if you've been checking our social media channels, our, our Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, you got a chance to see that the wonderful folks over at Xbox and Microsoft sent me a Xbox One X in a big sexy box yes, with a lot of box. cool stuff inside. Uh, again, shout out to everybody over at the Microsoft and Xbox team for that, because uh, that was amazing. Um, and I've been in the same space a little bit where everything that I've been doing. So I basically got the console like two days ago, but couldn't really uh, get into, into the box and like do stuff. Cause I had to do work and go to sleep and eat and stuff being right. an adult. And it was sitting there calling to me. It's like, Kali, yeah. Kali. It was like, it was like, it was like a, a Eartha kit in boomerang. It was right. like a Marcus. Marcus. So I got it. I got to crack it open, install everything. Um, they gave a, gave me a whole bunch of games to to install, and nice. my God, Comcast right yeah. now, yeah, has my. It's like it's like I was in jail and I was holding Comcast's belt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry, Comcast, don't hurt me, please yeah. don't beat me. I'm already at half of my cap for the month. Yeah. It is yeah. already it is the ninth. Right. I had to have a discussion with my wife about what I could download because she was like, yo, if you download all the games that they gave you, we're going to hit our cap on the 10th day of the month. 
Right. Because all these games are huge. Yeah. Forza huge. They're all a hundred and plus gigs uh, a piece for the most part. Like I think right. the smallest one that I had was like forty gigs. Mm. It's crazy yeah. just how yeah. many, just how big these games are. But again, it's like. It, it's a part of the digital future, right? Where right. it's like I didn't have a lot of games because my main console was my was my PS4, and it still is to a certain extent. Um, but I have been playing out. I've been playing most of those games on that other console. So w- when it came to my Xbox, there are very few games that I had on my console on my old my my OG Xbox Xbox One. So I couldn't even do the transfer thing over, like because it was just wasn't stuff on it. So right. I had to like, there was just, there just wasn't, there just weren't games on it. So I was like, well, I'm nothing. There's nothing really here for me to, to download. The good thing was all the stuff that I bought on my PC was already ready in the store for me to re-download right. uh, when it, when it, when it came to that. So it's like, you know, external storage and all that stuff is is great. I have another drive that's connected to it already just to be able to kind of move stuff over to that. But the actual downloading of the games right now has got me shook. Cause I'm, just, I'm like, I'm already at almost like half my cap just for that yeah. stuff. But yeah, um, uh, the, the, the couple of quick, quick things I wanted to note, the console is really small in comparison. Yeah. Like I remember when uh, Sharif and I got a chance to see it at E3 this year and we got, you know, we were hanging out and, and doing our interview with Aaron Greenberg and, um, had like a console in front of us. And it was like the first time that I think reef had seen the console. I had, I had seen the, um, uh, some, uh, dev versions of the console, uh, beforehand. Uh, but it was one of those things that I felt like it didn't even, the retail version was smaller than that. Um, mm-hmm. but getting it home and like opening up the box, I was like, wow, this feels like, uh, you know, people talk about premium feel, like it's a heavy console. It feels dense. Yeah. It feels it's like dense. it's yeah. it feel it feels sturdy. It feels like it's well crafted and well manufactured, um, and everything else that they've done with, you know, the way that they onboard you is 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 really good. Like yeah, you can use your app to onboard yourself like halfway through uh, some of the some of the the prompts, and having not been on my Xbox for a very long time and well going through some of the uh, menus again, they've refined so much of the experience on that, on that system. I think I was there for the last big revision in the preview, uh, uh, preview build stuff. Um, But it totally feels just like such a way better experience on the Microsoft side than it is on the Sony side Mm -hmm. in terms of UI, in terms of, you know, how to get to stuff and, and get to people. Do you feel like, you know, this feels like a snappier experience on this newer console as well? Well, yes. So it's not a snappy experience on the new console. This is, you know, so I've been dealing with this, the new, the newest revision of the dashboard for about six or eight weeks now. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so you know, so that part has been old hat, but, you know, I, I have been able to experience that. And, you know, and I've, you know, I've been there every step of the way, uh, you know, again, my, the, the, uh, while I own a PS4 and I play my PS4 a lot, shout out to, uh, the show, uh, Ramon Russell, I see you. Um, and, uh, you know, I play, I play the, the PS4 a lot, but, uh, the Xbox is my primary console. Most of my third party games, 
I play there. Um, you know, I still have a a huge uh, collection of of friends that I play with. You know, constantly on my Xbox. So I've been I've I've managed I've watched the the maturation the evolution of the of the UI mm. and uh, and seen it kind of grow and become the thing that it is today. And it's beautiful today. Uh, and it's very, very snappy, much better than it than it was before. And and finally, at a point where I can say that it is objectively better than uh, than, you know, it's it's still subjective, but it's objectively better <laughs> than, 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 than the PS4 uh, UI. Um, so, yeah, so I like, you know, I like that fact. I, you know, I like that fact. And I like the fact that for people that are coming to the console, Again, for the first time, such as yourself or people that are coming to, you know, that will be coming to the console for the very first time will have an opportunity to see the UI as it is right now uh, because it is very intuitive. It, it you know, the, uh, you know, and it's funny to say that something is intuitive if you've never used it before, <laughs> um, which I guess is by definition what intuitive means. But <laughs> but but it, but it is. It is kind of sort of right. It is still like it is still one of those things where it's like, oh, wait a minute. How do I get to the thing? Oh, oh, it's it's super easy to figure that kind of stuff out. And when I push the button and when I do the thing, it happens. Um, so all of that stuff is really, really good. Uh, I, I, I'm really enjoying that. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that uh, what I've what I've really enjoyed or what I've really liked about this uh, new console is that if you still have a previous Xbox, kind of what you know, kind of what you uh, intimated before? If you had a previous console, Xbox Xbox One console, and you have the current uh, Xbox One X, you don't necessarily have to download your games, your library from the cloud um, using the power of the cloud and and you know upsetting your Comcast gods. You can network transfer uh, from you know from your old console to your new console um and i did that over the course of two days um you know your results may vary <laughs> um, but it but it does show you the transfer speed um per second and sometimes mine was embarrassingly low um especially considering that i had both of my consoles sitting next to each other wired to my modem wow um, so, you know, I was getting at times I was transferring at 35 or 40 megabits per second, um, or megabytes per second. And, and then there were times where it would go up to like 170 megabytes per second. Um, but then like, uh, you know, there was an update on the Xbox one S on uh Tuesday, early Tuesday morning, which shut everything down. So I had to restart. A lot of it, so it it, it took a, a much longer time than it needed to, I think. Um, but the fact that you don't have to, if you've got a huge library, the fact that you don't have to go and download that stuff again from the cloud and and worry about your data cap limits is is a very very important feature. That is one um, of the weirdest things about this generation of stuff, is mm -hmm. just how slow both consoles are for downloading from their online services. It's just like unreasonable. I was downloading, I was downloading Assassin's Creed, and I was getting a, a hundred and ten when I get twice that on PC. 
Like, is right. it just like they just don't put the the high end Nick cards in there? Like, right? Is, well, that's like, I mean, that, that is that is something that that no one ever talks about. Nor have I ever heard anyone ask anyone. That's true. What the Knicks are on a Knicks uh, network interface cards, uh, you, your LAN adapter. Right. Um, they have, you know, for those of you who are uninitiated, they have different speeds. Um, most people, most people, if they have a standard PC, have a 10100 uh, uh, megabit uh, NIC in your NIC port on your laptop, what have you. But those of you who are gaming, those of you who are savvy, have uh, gigabit uh, NIC cards in in your machines. Um, I would assume that at least the one the one has a ten one hundred, and probably even the S yeah. has a ten one hundred. Um, and I am not positive whether or not the the one X has a gigabit connection in it. That's the thing we'll, we'll try to figure out and find yes. some of that. Inf- cause that is, cause that is like one of the, it's like a really weird cutback on stuff when those cards right. aren't that expensive. Yeah. At, at this point. They're, they're not, but if you believe it or not, and, and, you know, again, it's, you know, even I've been, uh, I've fallen victim to it. I've just kind of taken for granted that if I buy a computer in 2014, 2015, 2017 now um, and going into 2018, that it's going to have a gigabit card in it. Right. Um, for those of you who are shopping, who will be shopping uh, this coming upcoming African-American Friday, make sure you check for that because uh, you may go and you find something that has a really great price on it. Check that network card. Check that NIC. If it's got a, a, a LAN port on it, make sure it's a gigabit. You'd be surprised how many of those things are not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really quick before we jump up out of here and get to social media business, what is the next game that you are most excited to check out on that system? Um, so next game... So next game is weird um, because... What I'm most excited for is going back and playing some games that are either A, I have not finished mm-hmm. or B, I enjoyed before that uh, that, um, you know, that may have new life um, because, I you know, I feel like my experience with Madden um, it was was such that like the game was almost brand new. It was like I was seeing it for the first time, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, but games like Quantum Break, which, yep. you know. Criminally underrated, uh, 4K and HDR uh, now is 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 unbelievable. Forza Horizon 3, which is one of my favorite games of this generation on that console, um, 4K and HDR. I mean, it was a, it was a beautiful game to begin with, um, but to be able to play that game uh, at this fidelity, um, you know, uh, damn near as good as Reef as it looks on Reef's monitor. Um, you know, the pixel density is not going to be the same. Reef's playing it on, a, I think, a 27-inch monitor. I'm playing it on a 60-inch monitor. Uh, so it's not going to be as rich, even if even if it was one-to-one. Um, but, but I mean, it's still going to be uh, light years ahead of what, what it looked like before. Um, 
Assassin's Creed Origin, you know, like there's there's so many games. So, uh, you know, the great thing about the Xbox and, and we're kind of we'll kind of talk about this next week. I'm really excited about this uh, next week coming back. Uh, spoiler alert, guys. Uh, next week's show will be the return of the Bracago Buyer's Guide. Get get you guys ready for African-American Friday and uh, Reef myself and and Ka will be uh, defending our, our platforms of choice. Uh, the uh, Nintendo Switch, the Microsoft uh, or the Xbox One X, and the PS4 Pro, respectively. And then I think Tanya, but, Tanya's just going like, to break yeah, the she tie. Might, <laughs> yeah, she might. She might moderate, or maybe she'll even talk about PC. Who knows? Or or just talk about the Dragon Age console. Um, but uh, it's you know the, I, I think the I think the thing that's that's going to be great. Uh, Tanya, I, I can never forget you. Um, excuse me, but but the 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 great thing about the great thing about the uh, the console is that you've got this library of games that are going to benefit from the fact that you've got this new console. Um, you know, uh, g- games will load faster. Uh, all of these backwards compatible games, you know, on the on the 360, the OG Xbox games that are now going to be backwards uh, that are uh, double backwards compatible to you know second generation backwards compatible that are getting up res like uh, Kotor Knights of the Old Republic um, and and Crimson Skies so like so the thing that I'm I'm super excited about is being able to dive back into that library those library of games that are going to receive uh, some new life as a result of this console being out. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, just what those games are that we go back to. Uh, I'm even more excited to see what 2K, NBA 2K18 is going to look like with uh, with all that together on, on the new console. And yeah, weirdly, I've, I, you know, everything, everything is the, that's old is new again. I'm going to go play some iDARB, too, just to get back yeah. into the groove of, yeah, of being absolutely. being a, a, a Microsoft Xbox One X owner now. So. Word. Uh, you'll hear a lot more stuff from us about that console and about our thoughts, feelings, and, and joys and pains. Uh, but for now, we're going to get up out of here and let C hit you all with the social media business. Ah, social media. I feel like I haven't done this in a while. Social media business is as follows. Uh, check out our social media channels at Spawn on Me on all of those social media channels. You can check our bios and all of our information is there. SpawnOn.me is our homepage or ESN.fm slash SpawnOnMe. Send us emails at SpawnOnMePodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to download this podcast, you can go to whatever your favorite podcatcher is. If it's a place where you can rate and review, please do so. Obviously, always subscribe. While you're subscribing, make sure you subscribe and come every Thursday, 1030 uh eastern 7 30 pacific to twitch.tv slash spawn on me and come check us out see our beautiful faces uh and all four boxes complete when we form our voltron uh every thursday and of course don't forget uh kick us a, a few bucks a dollar a month whatever you want be part of the conversation be part of that spawn on me after dark be part of that uh Bacargo beltway with our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. Word, word, and more word. And we are almost, almost at a thousand followers. We're yes. almost there. We're at 983, it looks like, from the counter up on top. 
Uh, I'll double check that and make sure that's real. But yeah, we're almost there. We almost hit that goal. Yeah. So keep pushing. Uh, keep sharing out the stream. Keep sharing out the love for, for the show. Um, and we will all see you next week here on Spawn Peace, y'all. Hey.